Hi everyone, and welcome to My Two Cents, Sense and Change, the show that is a social platform to listen to the unheard and listen to their mindset to help spark some sense and inspire change. I'm your host, Anna Samanamu, and today we're going to talk about the transparency of mental health journeys. We'll discuss how mental health should not be a taboo subject, as well as share our experiences and advocacy as a means of support for the ones who are afraid to speak out. Also, I, if many of you follow My Two Cents, Sense and Change on Instagram, you would see that I had shared a poll and I just want to give a quick shout out. I want to stay true to my word. Um, I really want to congratulate at Notes from the Fury, at Heart Warrior 25, and at Carmine 023. You guys were the ones who got the the answer correctly uh, regarding our previous guest, and you know, honestly, I think that was a really fun episode and shout out to you guys thank you so much for for uh, listening and for even voting too our guest today is george keikati and he is a freelance creator trained via corporate life as a proposal writer george has founded a boutique creative agency focused on helping small and local businesses find new and innovative ways to communicate their messages. And if you're very interested in his work, you can find him on Instagram at Fired Up Creators. That note, Georges is also a public speaker and he's an advocate for mental health vulnerability. And he loves to also create a safe space for people to be able to share their deep thoughts. And he truly believes in learning about uh, other people's stories. And he actually, here's a fun fact. I actually got to know George from Clubhouse. And, you know, it's just amazing how he really connects with people and at the same time he how much he's willing to hear out the stories and really be there for you also he recently launched a podcast called talk trauma to me and he did this with his co-host and his best friend david where their guests will actually have the opportunity to dive deep into their traumas so, without further ado, let's bring George in. George, thank you so much for joining. My pleasure. I mean, thank you very much for having me here. It's I know we've we've kind of seen each other around on Clubhouse for a while, and and we've gotten to know each other and followed your journey on on Instagram, which is uh, very remarkable. So I am just completely honored and and thrilled to be here. So thank you, thank you very much. Wow, that's that's actually very kind words, and I really appreciate that. And you know, the thing is. I, when I started off in Clubhouse, and I mentioned this also when introducing you, you, it was more so like, it felt like a safe space. It it literally felt like, you know, I could um, speak and not be judged. And all of a sudden, like, you could relate to some, like, half of my stories. And it's like, 
wow, that's incredible. And I, I strongly, strongly believe that Clubhouse has that capability of, you know, bringing people together and it's amazing. It's amazing. So if anything, I feel honored to be able to interview you because your bio, I'm just so amazed. Like you're a freelance creator and this is something that I like pretty much have not heard much about working in corporate life and then you know being a proposal writer that's just incredible so can you speak a little bit about that for someone who may not be relatively known of what a boutique creative agency is like how how do you manage that yeah absolutely um well you know it's funny because i don't even know uh, what a like a, what a freelance creator is. A lot of times, people ask me, you know, like what is it that you do, and I'm like, I I don't know. There isn't a word for it, and I think I struggled with that my entire life because growing up, my family wanted me to be, of course, a doctor. I'm from Middle Eastern descent, so I had to be a doctor or a pharmacist. And while I liked that idea for me because I was a man of science and I, I really enjoyed uh, academia and all that stuff. I got into university and I just felt myself going on this completely different path. And I've always been creative at heart when I was younger, but kind of my insecurities and the world's view on what they wanted from me really held me back and what I wanted to actually do. So I went into university thinking, okay, yeah, I'm going to do, I'm going to do sciences. I'm going to become a doctor. Uh, that didn't pan out. Uh, then I wanted to become a pharmacist, decided against it. I actually applied to nursing school to be a nurse practitioner. I got in and then I also got a job working customer service at, um, at a healthcare, at a healthcare medical devices company. I jumped on that opportunity. And in hindsight, maybe I shouldn't have, maybe I should have continued with schooling, I don't know. But the reasons why that was so important for me was my thought process, I need to make money and I need to get out of this house. The, not to say that my childhood was, was bad or anything, it, you know, by no stretch of the ima imagination has it been as bad as it has been for some other people. However, I just didn't felt I didn't feel like it was okay for me to be myself and to express myself in the way that I wanted to, etc. So I took that job and I kept working corporate. And as you know, the the um, the pandemic hit us recently. And I've always wanted to do something on my own. I've always wanted to like write a book or start a podcast or do this or do that, start a freelancing business or agency. And then the pandemic hit and I said, well, it looks like the world is ending. So I need to capitalize on this right now. And if I don't start this right away, when am I going to do it? So that's when I started just putting myself out there and saying, you know, hey, I do this. I, I have experience with this and I can do that. And this is what I excel in. And this is what I'm good at. And people start to naturally gravitate to you and say, hey, can you help me with this flyer? Can you help me with this? You know, I, I'm trying to produce this show. Can you help me with this? And so that's where you kind of establish your niche market. And I just capitalized on it and decided to pursue whatever came out of it. And thankfully, what came out of it was some pretty amazing clients that uh, I work with on a daily basis to produce amazing creative things, whether that be social media marketing, whether that be brochures, corporate communications, customer journey, branding, that kind of stuff. So I'm very, very, uh, very, very excited to be able to kind of pursue that and see what the next 10 years of my life will look like. 
Oh, that's an incredibly like fascinating. Like, um, I actually could relate a little bit on that, except um, I don't capitalize on it. Maybe I should. So, um, but all that talent and all that work, you know, you base it on your on your Instagram, and your niche right there is like boom, captivating, and. I think uh, hopefully the audience will definitely follow you after this because I, as soon as I was able to like, you know, have a, a virtual friendship with you, uh, this, it was really um, refreshing to see that, you know, hey, okay, I'm learning from a, from a friend on how to work on social media marketing, how to how to expand on like these endeavors. Like, you know, I walked in into this podcast, not really knowing much and, you know, Hey, whatever Google provided, that's what I, I tried to do. Um, but it's, it's incredible. And I really do commend you on your, on your work. Cause Hey, a lot of people usually just go for the one option that, uh, their family wants them to do. And sometimes I feel like I applaud the ones that really go against what their family wants them to do. So um, that's, that's something very admirable. I see here also that you're a public speaker and that you're an advocate for mental health vulnerability. And we'll also touch subject, like touch base on your podcast that I think is incredibly like thought provoking and worth giving a listen to whenever it like expands. The teaser episode really got me. I was like, where's the other episodes? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. You know, it's funny talking about the podcast. I've received so much support with that podcast and it's it's just been so humbling. And I think to touch on what you were saying earlier is exactly that in the sense of how can we collaborate or do things with people that we may not have the, like we're separated by distance, you and I, but it doesn't mean that we can't somehow get together and make an impact. And so that's what I truly love about what I do. Yeah, the corporate life's fine. It pays the bills. Of course, I need it there. But the, my true purpose in life is really to, I think now, to create this safe space area where people can talk openly and talk freely about what's bothering them and their traumas. And, and we really learn from other people's stories that way. So I think it's very important to just kind of look at the world in a way where you see how you can make an impact and how you can make a difference and success just kind of comes along with that. Like one, not even 100. I, I think like 1000% agree with, with what you've said, because I think, I think in the middle of like how we live our lives, sometimes we probably lose foundation of like what it is our true purpose, um, or how to seek our true purpose and, and everything. But then all of a sudden we go through events in our lives where we don't know if it's going to make us or break us. So, um, for the majority of us, you know, it ends up breaking us. And then that's when we find oh, wow, okay, I could be creative with this, with um, 
not pain, but like I could be creative with this, you know, hurt I have in my heart or with what's in my mind. Like, you know, it's just so many things. And that's, I think that's also like an upside. How did the idea of, I I know that you can, uh, you probably already mentioned it, but like, did you just think about this podcast uh, during the pandemic or did you feel like it was something you've been wanting to do? And since I see that you, you know, work with your best friend, like, how does that feel to, you know, go on that journey? Yeah, yeah, it's it's great. I mean, I've known uh, his name is David, my best friend, and I, I I've known him since I think I was eight years old, and we've been able to create such um, a safe space for each other to share what's been going on. I mean, I've seen him go through tough times. He's seen me go through tough times. I've seen him through go through happy times, vice versa, and we've always just kind of had. Excuse me, we've always just kind of had that that safe zone between us where anything goes, and. One thing that I've also come to learn with, you know, managing your own business and all that stuff, which I'm sure that you come across is this imposter complex, whereby you think like, okay, this is probably just affecting me. It's not going to affect everybody. No one cares. And that's the end of it. And it turns out that no, that's not true. Um, I was, I was in, I was in some sort of a, a therapy session once almost. And, um, you know, they were asking us to be vulnerable and talk about things openly. And at the end of the session, I remember the the head therapist saying, you know, we don't have these conversations with patients as often as we'd like. And I'm like, really? Like, don't people go to therapy to talk about these things? And, and, and the answer is no, people go to therapy because they think it's going to fix them or that, you know, that kind of stuff, but they don't actually go inward and reflect on what's going on in their lives to cause them this distress or trauma or whatever you want to call it. So that idea, this was a couple of years ago, that idea kind of germinated in my head. And I was like, well, okay, well, if, if, if all it takes is just creating an area where people can talk about it, why can't we do that? So I approached David with the idea of just literally bringing guests onto our podcast that have gone through something traumatic in their lives that want to talk about it, because I don't want to, you know, I don't want to force anybody to talk about something that they're not ready. And let's dive deep into it. Let's find out the root cause. Let's find out how their life would have lives would have been different had it not happened or had it happened differently and just kind of reflect. And by just reflecting on these things, we learn a, so much about our guests, but more importantly, I think we learn about it ourselves. And the guest also like learns about themselves. And we're just all better for it. You know, I always say, and not to harp on corporate life so much, but corporate life fills my pockets. What I do in my spare time fills my heart. And that's how I keep going. And that's why I do what I do is because it makes an impact and it's so rewarding to see it. There's like always a bad side to like, how society is you I feel like you're determined to see the good in it and wanting to based on your experiences try and help others so they can have their own experience also and you know the topic of like therapy I feel like it's always seen as like a taboo subject and you know I've I've actually recently started going to therapy like perhaps three years already. And, um, you know, that was something I was always afraid of too. <laughs> not, not afraid, but like uh, mainly, 
you know, once it's like ingrained in your mind that, you know, we should continue to stigmatize it, that's how it stays. So when I really took the first step into wanting to do it, it automatically was like, oh my God, like how, why? But um, no, it's also when you were talking about like how trauma, you know, how it reflects in people and how people, you know, can think about it and like, you know, see, you know, the pros and cons of what their life might have been, you know, while I was listening to you, I was actually contemplating my own traumas too. So it's, I think it's like right now, this conversation is like changing my whole perspective because if I thought I knew what trauma I had or how it affected me, it's completely the opposite. It's like transformed me to be able to like, have virtual friendships and build on you know the knowledge of like wanting to learn more from others and you know I think that's that's something that again I will commend you on because I think you bring it out in people like you bring out the not the bad but like the good inspirational side of them and you know I hear it in like the clubhouse you know conversations and how you come up with the questions on the spot I don't know but like I think it's that right there is like a goal for me because sometimes I have to come up with the questions but you know I have to write it out first and I can't like I used to be able to think on the spot but because of my trauma, that literally, you know, through it, then it's hard. I'll give, you a, I'll give you a little behind the scenes action. Um, we actually have a list of questions that we have already predetermined. And the reason we do that is because sometimes I can't think of a question. And so I'm scrambling to find on my iPad, like all the, the notes that we have. Uh, but a lot of the times, um, I find that just listening to people, and by being actually present in the conversation, because a lot of the times we have conversations with people and we're thinking about the stuff that we have to do later and dinner that has to be made and got to pick up this person and got to do this. You're not actually listening to the person. You're kind of just standing in front of a human talking, right? Um, but if you listen to them actually speak and be present in the moment, your questions, your, your interest peaks, right? And so a lot of the questions are, you know, just off the cuff and just random curiosities, but we do have a backup question just in case. And um, I also did want to, you know, I have to say that this is making a huge impact on me. First of all, I thank you for, for, for saying that it made an impact on you, but this is also making an impact on me because when the first, uh, when the topic of, of therapy first came up, I thought in my head, you know, okay, obviously, I, you know, I've been to therapy and I'm fine with admitting that, but I wanted to, I was thinking, you know, how can I downplay it? Should I downplay it? This is going to be a podcast. Do I want to say that I wanted, I've been to therapy for a year or do I actually say that I've been to therapy for the truth, which is three and a half years or four years, because there is that stigma of, oh, that person's unstable because they go to see a therapist or this person is, has issues because they go to see a therapist or whatever the case is. And I think that 
I personally think everybody needs to go to therapy. I think it needs to be more widely available to people because it really does exactly what we're trying to do in this podcast setting and in this new COVID world is just really connecting with people. And that's what I get out of the, those sessions. So, so yeah, so I just wanted to say that you had an impact on me there because you were just so brave, if I may offer that and just share, you know, your, your journey through therapy and, and stuff like that. No, I really appreciate it. And I think in that, I think it's because of that clubhouse room that I, I learned the meaning of being sensible and also um, asking first, if, you know, if the person feel, feels comfortable, and you know, if you know, you can offer an affirmation. Like beforehand, the word affirmation just was a totally different like context for me. So in going into Clubhouse, you know, when I heard affirmation in like different rooms and then in this particular room, I was just like, wow, okay, that word has so much power and so much positivity behind it. And, you know, it, it just, it just makes you like feel, be filled with wisdom afterwards. And like, I, that's how I perceive it. I mean, like, I feel like before I just assumed <laughs> that you guys um, were able to come up with questions on the spot. But, um, you know, <laughs> hey, it happens. And, you know, I, I often have to like, you know, n not be hard on myself for assuming because that that's like, I mean, that's one of the issues that sometimes, um, we often don't talk about, um, like, for instance, perfectionism. Like, there's no such thing as being perfect. We have that rationale in our mind. However, sometimes there's that little speck of, like, you know, wanting to be perfect in our subconscious. And that can either really, again, make us or break us. And... In my case, like when I look at my notes, I'm like, okay, it's really nice. It's on point. Okay. But then when I shift onto like the conversation or shift onto whatever it is that I'm working on, I'm like, wait, is it, is it going off course or is it on course? So and that even happens in life too. So it's you know what it's public speaking 101 I, at least in my perspective um i've always been interested in improv i really like improv i like acting that kind of stuff and what i like about public speaking moderating uh clubhouse you know podcasting is that there's an element of improv to it so sometimes you can go into a room knowing exactly what you're going to say and th this applies to business <clears throat> excuse me this applies to like business meetings as well in everyday life you go into a situation and you think you know what's going to happen you know there's an intro there's a middle and there's a conclusion but you forget that there's other people in the room that are not part of your thought process and don't know that you plan two days on what you're going to say and how you're going to say it. And sometimes you just have to go with the flow. And that's where I thrive. That's what brings me the most joy is when those things happen that are off the cuff and unplanned. The skill with public speaking and the work that you do and the work that I do is knowing how to maneuver that. And we get better at better and better at it every day, but it's it's knowing that that skill. Yeah. Um, I agree. And uh, like before, if somebody would have asked me like, oh, improv this, 
I would have been like, oh, shit, I don't think I could do this. But you're right. Like, is this entire craft that really just makes us, hey, oh, we're having a good conversation here. Like, you know, the question I had here, you know, it actually just correlates. So we're just going to let it go. So and that's something I learned. And right now, with you saying it served as a great reminder and you know that's the good thing also about podcasts uh and having really great guests like yourself because it's like we're reminded of the good things that exist and at the same time we have that reminder of like you know life is okay but don't be too hard on yourself like you know tomorrow yeah we don't know tomorrow but there's a high probability we'll see it so just relax be calm and you know it that's another great thing about clubhouse it um you have that safe space and it the the level of comfort is great because you are able to talk to people and you do know that people are listening and that's sometimes something we all crave or desire because what we think here in our world people are listening to us that's not entirely true like sometimes it's just like going through the ear and out the other and yeah that's exactly it that's exactly it and 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 you get better and better at it every single day and we all practice but you know it's like i, I went through a rough uh, like a rough evening last night right and in the middle of it i thought to myself well i'm i'm you know i'm feeling like garbage this sucks and i'm hard on myself and all those negative thoughts and i i took a step back and i thought well, okay well what would you tell someone in that same position you would tell them you move on no problem like it's it, it's all good like yes it sucks but we're going to get through it and we're going to be open on the other end and we're going to make it through the other end because if you remember you've gone through all the things that you have in your life and you're here today so what's stopping you from continuing that for the future right so keep reminding like we have to keep reminding ourselves that it's just temporary. It's just this particular moment. When I zoom out in five years of my life and see it on a big timeline, this little blip that I'm feeling right now is not going to even matter. Right. Uh, I don't think I could have said it any better. And it's, uh, you know, I, I feel like I find myself in a lot of those moments because I, I could really admit that I am extremely hard on myself, um, especially like how, like how I shared on Clubhouse and like in previous episodes also here in my podcast, you know, in, in not having my brother present anymore, that just, you know, it makes me see life much more differently because as much as I thought that, you know, I was going to have my life partner with me every step of the way, like when I say life partner, you know, my sibling, that's like my go-to right-hand guy. Um, in thinking that we would grow old together and, you know, have our families and stuff, you know, all of a sudden once, once he was gone, it was like all those dreams were crushed. So Sometimes in 
in like trying to talk about it with others and noticing that people cannot relate to that it's like wow okay well you know what maybe if I talk about the good memories and stuff but like you know try and shift it and say you know what that really affects me because I'm an only child now and the concept hasn't really like grasped my mind just yet even though it's been five years and I'm just like I'm a grown-ass woman here but yet I'm an only child now and it like it just like I think it, some of the some of the times when I really think about it, I'm like, wow, okay, I really need, should probably stop letting my mind fuck me over because you know, it, it, I mean, it is what it is, but I, in a way, for me, I think that's where my faith also correlates because it gives me much more purpose and much more stability in saying you know what yes i'm here yes i could be carrying my own cross and everything but i do have a purpose and that should not stop me and it, it, I, again i feel like just mental health being a topic that needs to be talked about sometimes I just I feel like I have trouble understanding why it's so difficult for people to talk to talk about it yeah that's because you're you're used to talking about it and I mean I think I've said this to you before but first and foremost I'm so sorry for your loss I know it's 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 a terrible thing um but I do want to you know if I may offer you an affirmation is is say that that you're so, you're so strong for being able to talk about it. And I think that your story needs to be heard because if nothing else, it just reminds people that it could be worse. Like I saw this post on Instagram today that said um, something along the lines of what might the struggles that I have gone through would probably kill you. And it's so true. We don't realize how resilient we are. And you having gone through such a, such a big incident like that in your life has dramatically changed your perspective for, you know, maybe not, you may not see it this way, but for the better, right? If I may say it that way. But also, it also affects the people that you that listen to that story. Because for me, I always, whenever I hear your story, it always breaks my heart a little bit. And, and I always come out of it thinking, you have zero problems. Like this girl has been able to go through this and still come out the other end of it. Like you have no problems, George, like everything is going to be just fine. Right. So it's a fantastic reminder. And I, I thank you very much for, for sharing it. The topic of mental health is so, so, so important because of moments like these of people thinking that they're alone in their struggles, or this is something that's only happening to me and it's not going to happen to anybody else. And we are so much more alike than we are different. And our struggles are very much alike than they are different as well. And while I may not be able to, you know, I've, I've never had, unfortunately, fortunately, I haven't had anybody pass away in my life of, of major significance. So while I can't relate to what you're going through exactly, I can empathize with what you may be feeling, how that may have changed you, how your thought processes around certain things, like you, you've been shaped and molded by these situations that are now a blueprint of 
things that I can learn from this situation. Do you know what I mean? So while I don't necessarily have to go through all the struggles in, in that everybody faces, I'm able to just kind of listen and really, really empathize with the person and, and kind of allow them that space to talk about it openly because I learned so much from it. And I, and I really appreciate people sharing those types of things. I respect that so much. And again, George, thank you um, for the affirmation because it's like, you you really touched on one keyword that really I think the world is like sort of missing and that's empathy. Um, I mean, I think at one point in our lives, you know, empathy did exist, but somewhere along the lines of like, of course, this is not me bashing corporate life or anything or um, but given my, my educational, um, status, I, you know, I blame corporate life. I blame, you know, this whole system of government that I'm, that we're living in. And every, there's always a, there's a contribution in everything, but then there's also, you know, flaws and, you know, somehow whatever we believe in and we think that, you know, will exist forever, it's like, boom, uh, nothing really lasts forever. So, um, no, but again, I, I truly, you know, respect your words and I really do appreciate them because perhaps that's also me not looking inward and say and thinking that I'm resilient. Um, but instead I look at it as like, damn, I've been given a lot to deal with, <laughs> but you know, again, like having these conversations, like, you know, helps us, um, change that thinking. And, you know, now I feel a little bit like more, not even confident, but like, I feel more worthy in the sense of like you know this is this is something that was meant to be in terms of like talking about and you know if I have to continue on this path this was the affirmation for me and again it's it's incredible and I don't think like I don't in my case like I imagine my life being completely different <laughs> from right uh, from my life right now but like how has your life been different um perhaps in these last few years or like during this pandemic like was it what you imagined or was it, or is it like whoa that was like quite a change <laughs> yeah I mean I went through um I'm nothing as, you know, as traumatic. I'm probably being going to be so dramatic about it, but it, was, <laughs> it wasn't as bad as it, as it may come off to sound. But, um, I, you know, I, I've, I've suffered from anxiety and depression for, for a long time. I still do. And it, it all stems from one moment. And I can remember this moment in my life. I won't go into too much detail because it's a little bit about, it's a little TMI. But my, uh, my anxiety stemmed from, like, IBS-related issues. And um, 
I remember going to, this was like, I was trying to find treatments. This was in my early twenties. And then I met a uh, gastroenterologist who thought, okay, maybe you have, you know, some sort of Crohn's disease or colitis or something like that. Let's do a colonoscopy. So we did a colonoscopy, but before the colonoscopy, we did a bunch of different, like this was six months of, you know, work. And we did a bunch of like, we did the FODMAP diet and we did this and we tried this medication and that nothing was working. So then she finally said, okay, well, let's go in there and see if there's anything wrong. So we did it. And then I got an, an appointment to see her a few weeks after it was done. And she brought me into her office and she said, well, good news. There's nothing wrong with you. And I said, oh, okay, great thing. That's great to hear. And she's like, yep. I'm like, okay, what, what's, what's next? And she's like, nothing. Uh, have a nice day. I do, uh, there's nothing I can help you with. And I was like, what, what do you mean? And she's like, well, I'm a, I'm a GI doctor. So there's nothing wrong with you from a GI perspective. And I came home that day and I felt so defeated. And that's where my anxiety and my depression just peaked because now it was this feeling of helplessness. It was this feeling of, okay, I'm going to the doctor. I'm going to see what can be done about this. And then she turns around and tells me, have a nice day. There's nothing I can do for you. And it was just kind of like life shattering in the sense that like, now I have to deal with this on my own. There was nothing that anyone could do to help me. And I went through different phases in my adulthood in my, um, you know, dealing with the anxiety and depression, started going to therapy, dealing with that. And it was, it was really about finding kind of who I was, that I became okay with it. And I became okay with the fact that, okay, yeah, sure, I may not always be fun and happy-go-lucky. I do have anxious moments and I do have depression, but that doesn't define who I am. That's just a part of me. And th the rest of it is what I offer. So um, long story short... I think the pivotal moment for me was realizing that uh, a couple of years ago in my third, and I just turned 30 and just thinking like, I can't go on my life worrying about every single thing. I need to just come out, do my thing, be who I am, express myself the way that I want to. And ever since that moment, I have been the happiest that I've ever been in my entire life. And I look back and think, oh my God, I should have done this so much sooner. Like, why didn't I release this, this demon, so to speak, in my early 20s? I would have, like, wow, the, the things that I would have accomplished from now until, or from then until now, but... It gives me hope for the next 10 years or the next 15 years or the next 20 years. It, I know that I'm on a good path forward and I'm just very excited to kind of build it and keep that momentum going to propel me for, for the rest of my life. Happy belated birthday. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yes. Like, um, apparently I've been hearing that once you reach 30, you know, that's like the high pinnacle of your life. And of course I still have like three years left to, to get there. Cherish, cherish your 20s. But uh, <laughs> like I'm 32 now. Um, and ever since I turned 30, I've just, I don't 
care. Now, the pandemic has also kind of correlated with that. So I don't know if maybe part of this like nonchalance in my personality is due to the pandemic, but you get to a certain age and you're like, I, I don't care. I don't care about, you know, having to please everybody. I'm inviting a few people over for drinks. Do you want to come? Yes? No? I don't care. I'd like you there. If you don't want to come, don't come. And so it's it's that kind of mentality that I, you know, you've adopted or I've adopted in, in my 30s. And it's just freed me from just all this constant worry and nonsense that we deal with every day, right? You know, that actually just shifted my thinking because, um, and not for nothing, uh, that was, I think you somehow like answered the question that I was going to follow up with. But at the same time, it's really great because in you expanding more on your thought process and ex and explaining how it is that you got from point A to point B, and again, like, you know, thank you for sharing that aspect, that part of your life, because sometimes, you know, it's up to us whether or not we want to share certain things and everything, and of course, like... Other platforms that we know, this is, you know, obviously a safe space. And it by the time I get to a certain age, I'll probably like have that mentality. But it's fun funnily enough, like <laughs> I probably like started developing that mentality. I mean, just about a year ago, um, because I feel like it's easy to say, oh my God, life is so hard. Like, why is it so difficult? When in reality, it really isn't. It's us that we usually try and put in too much work or we're trying to put in too much of like uh, dilly dallies here and like trying to please everyone. And um, I mean, I, you are right on the money on that aspect. And again, serves as a reminder true to yourself and whatever it is that comes up in your mind to like do or whatever idea you have go for it like you know if it's a certain craft or a certain like project sometimes these opportunities come and they go yep. and if they go we don't know if they're gonna come back <laughs> yep yeah, just start is my advice to anybody. It's just just start. You don't know what you, what you don't know, right? So if you start doing something, you realize it's a crappy idea halfway through, no problem, move on to the next. But you have to keep pushing forward, right? And I, you know, a lot of times when I get stressed out a lot too is, uh, you know, because I'm, I'm constantly meeting with different people, recording different podcasts, doing all this work, clients, blah, blah, blah. When I get too, too, too stressed out, I look at my calendar and I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to have to get rid of something. Otherwise, it's this is just not going to work. It's not feasible. I can't, I'm not going to make it through this week. So I'll look at my calendar and I'll, I'll look at the most low risk item that's providing me with the most headache and just see if I can kind of shift that and move it. Maybe I move it to the day after or I move it to the week after. And if people understand, they'll understand. And if they don't, then you probably don't want them in your life anyways. So so to me, there's no love lost there. Like, I'm just going to be honest that I'm going through a hard time and I need you to understand a little bit. And if you don't understand, no problem. We'll never talk again. And that's fine. Uh, it, it's just, it's I have to do it to stay sane, right? I'm actually very intrigued by this whole notion of like, you know, us talking about like our mental health journeys and stuff. Um, but like before we do like a segue to... Um, a new segment that I created within the podcast. Um, I also just like want to 
like hear your perspective on like sometimes people confusing mental health with toxicity and that's that's something that um you know i i have gone through experience and you know i can you know admit that while while i was going through my vulnerable moments you know i wasn't being treated but yet i was facing so much and i just thought that that was me like handling things my way when in the end like i was just blind like i put a blindfold and i was just like spiraling out of control yes i can admit that maybe had people known me years like five years ago or three four three years ago i would actually apologize for my toxicity because you know there were certain times where i would be incredibly sarcastic or incredibly rude and there was an instance where uh, uh, somebody i used to call a friend before told me you sound so aggressive like why are you aggressive and i'm like i'm not aggressive i'm really just stating my point and he was like no like you better watch your tone because whoever hears you will probably think you're being aggressive and not want to talk to you I mean, you're lucky I even know you to think that you're joking. And I was like, okay, I get it. You know, I'll take that into consideration. And then all of a sudden, like, it just came out of nowhere. That person was like, yeah, you and your feminist views. And I was like, whoa, 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 wait. It has nothing to do with that. Like, you know, if I wasn't being treated or if I wasn't seeing things clearly, you know, hey, I take accountability for, you know, my actions and whoever hears it or whoever, you know, accepts it, you know, thank you. And if they don't, I leave it in God's hands. <laughs> but like, how would you respond to to people who who have that confusion and like don't like know how to grasp it? Yeah, so there's, so it's funny because so much was going through my mind as you were asking that question. So there's two different scenarios. Now, um, there's scenarios where I'm surrounded by people that don't know me very well. And there's the second scenario where I am surrounded by people that know me. So let's tackle the first one um, at first. So example, you're going to work or you have a work meeting or you're supposed to have a client or um, you know, you're going to the zoo with a bunch of different people. I don't know anything it is, but it's not people that know you very, very well. I try to tone down my sarcasm and my um, general depressive mood. Like I, I am not excited to be anywhere. Like if I'm not sitting on my couch with a bag of chips, I'm not happy to be where I am, right? So, so I, but I have to hide that in certain situations. I can't walk into a work meeting and say, oh, I'm pissed that I'm here, right? I have to play the part. But when I'm with people that I know very well and that know me, I'm myself through and through. I'm sarcastic all the time. I'm miserable. I'm negative. And they've just kind of learned to deal with that in a way. And I'll give you an example. So I was in um, a tourist destination here in Canada called Niagara Falls this past weekend. It was my friend's birthday. And he said, I'm going up there with my girlfriend, uh, David, the guy that I'm doing the podcast with. 
I'm going up there with my girlfriend. We're going Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, you're more than welcome to come whenever you want. We'd love to have you. But I know, like, he, he understands that that is not a trip that I'm, like, dying to do, let's say, right? So I said, no problem. It's your birthday. I'll come. I'll support it. So I went up there and I stayed there on Saturday. So on Saturday, we were in their hotel room. We were deciding what to do. And then we decided to go to this club. So his girlfriend went upstairs. She's like, okay, I'll go make the reservations. And so she goes upstairs and makes the reservations. And she comes back down. And then David looks at me and he says, you don't have to go if you don't want to. And his girlfriend pipes in and says, yeah. In fact, I told him it's a reservation for eight, but we may only be seven that show up because we know that you might not want to come. And I thought that was hilarious to the point where like they know me so well that they know that at any moment I just may be like, nah, I don't feel like going out with you guys anymore. I'm going back to my hotel room. See you later. So when she was making the reservation at the club, she said, yeah, we're eight people, but one might not show up. Is that okay? And they're like, yeah, that's fine. No worries. Seven is okay. But so in the comfort of people that know me like that, it's fine to be myself and I, you know, and I, I try not to push it. And um, like in that specific example, I knew that we were going to go to this club. We were not going to like the atmosphere and we're going to end up going to some restaurant and have drinks and then head home early. I just knew in my head, I don't know why I feel like I'm intuitive in that sense, but I knew that that's what was going to happen. And that's what was, that's what happened. We've got to the club. Everybody felt uncomfortable because, you know, COVID and nobody was, you know, they weren't wearing masks. They were really close up to you and we're still trying to protect ourselves and loved ones and blah, blah, blah. But we ended up going to a restaurant and having a quiet night instead of going to this club and partying like clowns. Like, we're not 20 anymore. And we, and I knew that. And I remember at one point when we were saying, okay, we're going to the we're going to the restaurant. We walked like 20 minutes in Niagara to the restaurant that we wanted to go to. I remember telling David, I was like, well, if only you listened to me. And five, five hours ago, you just knew that we were going to do this anyways. And we went to that restaurant like I suggested, right? So I can be this sarcastic, you know, asshole that I normally am with my close friends and people and they understand that that's just how I am and that's who I am and I don't mean it in any like bad negative way it's just it's just how I process my emotions right oh yeah totally and it actually like it really does sound like you have amazing friends and like whoever has friends like that like they need to cherish them and like have them like be there for them constantly and yeah you know, I consider myself oh, sorry sorry I, I consider yeah. myself so lucky to to be in the company of the people that I've I've kept people like a lot of people have come in and out of my lives in my life sorry but uh but I've kept the people in my life that really support me and I feel really kind of held by so to speak and uh and so yeah so I cherish them and I'm so thankful so 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 thankful for the people that are in my life yeah no, that's yeah, like that's that's something that is like truly a blessing because like sometimes um being in the company of friends, sometimes they don't completely understand what it is that we're going through. But like again, you know, that the anecdote that you just shared is like, you know, really eye opening as to like, wow, there is humanity out there and it's really it's really comforting and I'm I'm actually very glad for you to have friends like that and, you know, <laughs> that understand you so well. And, you know, hey, whoever really comprehends how uh, what we deal with or how we go through in life, you know, that's, that's you know, 
a great gift. But if they don't understand, then hey, who's the toxic one at the end? <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> and you know, there's a difference between being like, I feel like I'm jokingly toxic in the sense sometimes where, you know, you're just, my mood is very powerful sometimes and it takes over the room and, and, and I understand that. So there's certain situations where I kind of fake being happy, even though I'm feeling like garbage and because I know that that, you know, it's not about me. Uh, but then there's some groups of friends where I hang out with and you know, when you just like let your hair down kind of a thing. And it's, it's with those kinds of people that I just feel so comfortable with and at home with. And so I, that's what that, those are the types of people that I try to keep in my life because it's just easier that way. <laughs> of course. And like, again, like it's wherever you feel comfortable and where, and whoever makes you feel comfortable and you know that it's a safe space. Hey, all the more power to you. <laughs> like, what What more can we ask for? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so, okay, so we're going to, I'm going to do this small little segue in terms of, like, um, so I usually like to ask these random questions to my guests, uh, shifting a little bit um, away from the subject, but at the same time, it correlates with the subject, but just to really, really grasp um, like, you know, sparking some sense and, you know, trying to inspire that change onto others. So I call it two cents worth. I like that. <laughs> Thank you. Because in the back of my mind, I was like, is it too cheesy or does it work? No, no, it's right on target. Two cents worth. Yeah, I like it. It's like a little uh, Q&A kind of a thing. Yeah. Mission accomplished. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so the first question I have for you. If you could interview anyone from your life that's either living or dead, but not necessarily a celebrity, who would it be and why? That's a great, great question. I, I talk about this a lot. Uh, <laughs> I talk about this a lot in therapy. Um, I am so different than my sister. So I have a younger sister. She's five years younger than I am. And we are the complete opposite. So growing up, I was riddled with fear of disappointing my parents, doing something that they didn't agree with, breaking their rules. And she did not care about any of that. She would just, her, my mom would be, you know, hey, make sure you're home by 11. She'd be home at five o'clock in the morning. She doesn't care. Like, and she just, she was this like rebellious soul and maybe not so much in like a destructive way for her because, you know, she, she leads a pretty normal life and, and that kind of stuff. But she, she's just so fearless. A couple of years ago, she came to us and, and she sat us down at the dinner table and she's like, okay, guys, I'm going to go teach uh, English in China for a year. And we're like, what? She went away and came back the next Sunday dinner with her flight itinerary, everything. Like she was, she's just such this, this strong woman now um, that I envy so much sometimes. I, she drives me absolutely crazy, but, but I envy her strength sometimes. And I wish that I emulated that a little bit more. So I think it would be really cool to kind of deep dive into her life and find out how she's so rebellious and anxiety free and just doesn't care. Like she's the type of person that goes to bed at like six o'clock 
Oh, no, maybe that's exactly like four o'clock in the morning after a night out and like wakes up to go to like some really important work conference at nine and smashes it. So I'm like, how, like how, how I've, I've spent the last week of my life worrying about this 9am meeting on Monday. And you're just like going to roll out of bed with two hours of sleep and go do your thing. Like, how do you do that? So I think that that's, that she would be a person that, that I think would be really interesting to kind of <laughs> interview and dive deep on like that. Oh my god! When you do have that interview with her, please tell uh, tell her I my respects to her. <laughs> I, will, I will. I'll have to bring her on the talk trauma podcast, but not to talk about trauma, to talk about her lack of trauma. <laughs> okay. So next question: um, If you could hold on to one memory from your life forever, what would that be? That's a really good one too. Well, I, I, I will hold on to this memory for the rest of my life. Um, it was the day that I came out to my parents. I had come out earlier when I was when my early 20s. David, <laughs> he's coming up a lot today. Um, I'll make sure to have him listen to this so he can uh, so he can hear how famous he is. Um, so he was actually the first person I came out to at 22. And it wasn't until eight years later, until I was 30, that I came out to my parents. And that moment was probably the scariest but most exciting time of my life because I was shaking and I stood up at the dinner table and I was just like, I have something to say. And I realized that there was no turning back now unless I came up with some ridiculous lie about why I paused dinner and made everybody listen to me. And so it just kind of came out. And after that moment, I felt the freest I've ever felt in my entire life. And it's something like a lot of the times when I go through tough times in my life, I try to think back to that moment and think about, yes, it was 30 years of agony getting to this moment. But then from that point forward, it was nothing but bliss. And so I try to remember that, that things are temporary. And while things are hard, there is going to come a point where that completely flips because your mindset changes, and you become a better person for it. And it just kind of gives you that boost of energy that you need to, to go forward. So that's probably something that I think about often, and I, I probably will think about for the rest of my life. Oh, my God, that that is immensely beautiful. And please know that I'm I'm sending a virtual hug to you. Thank you. Big hugs. Because I cannot imagine how like the fear or the the idea of like how you know, I have no words, honestly. Like if anything, um I have a family member who's who also like uh, shared her coming out story with me and of course you know I was a young kid and I wasn't like you know too like knowledgeable in it but at the same time it helped me like build more of a respect towards her because you know the amount of like hate that exists in the world the amount of like fear I mean just having those feelings alone, it's like enough to consume you. And I cannot imagine having to deal with like to be hated for who you want to be. Like, I cannot imagine how that feels like. And of course, you know, um, I, I value every human being that exists in this world. And given any preference you're we're all humans and i i really really am glad that 
you have shared, you know, this memory with me and with the audience also. And it's, it, you know, I got your back all anytime. So like your feelings mutual as well. Yeah. <laughs> much better person for, it. you know, we go, we all go through dark times and we learn from them and we're just all better for it. So thank you. I appreciate that. Anytime. So let's say somebody is interested in like the same career path that you're, you know, currently in. What, what would you recommend them or what advice do you have for them in order to be, let's say, mentally prepared to take on such tasks? That's a great question as well. Um, so recently I, um, <clears throat> I've, I've started kind of um, taking on more responsibility in my corporate life and uh, had the pleasure of, of having someone, you know, kind of pseudo report to me, so to speak. And he's, he's this, this brand new fresh out of university, you know, early, early twenties. And I think back a lot, it, it, I don't know, like um, having to interact with him for, for he, he, he just joined us about a month and a half ago and having to interact with him has been so enlightening in so many different ways, because not only am I, you know, trying to develop my skills as a leader and trying to teach this, this person to, to do the job, to, to accelerate uh, their career path, et cetera. It's also taught me how to be an employee myself, if that makes any sense, like how to be a worker. Um, before this moment, um, I've always thought like, okay, I'm just there to do a job and I have to do X, Y, Z. And yes, there are jobs like that, like, you know, picking up the phone jobs or order entry jobs or, or you know, whatever the case is. Absolutely. There exists. We need people in roles that are um, administrative, so to speak, in, fun in, in nature, right? Because the operation needs to run for sure. But then there's other roles, especially the creative roles that we're, we're a lot of us find ourselves in where... I just want to give you a task and I don't care how you do it. I just need you to come back with a finished product. I don't want you to ask many questions. I don't want to, I don't want you to kind of sit there and like complain to me that you have worked. Like if you don't want to do it, that's fine. Go home. I'll find someone else to do it. But I like, this is what needs to be done. And it's really kind of opened up my eyes of how to be a better worker overall, because I've learned that a, in order to be a leader, you need to delegate and you need to set very, very clear expectations. And I, I have a very wonderful, um, I, you know, I wouldn't call him my mentor, but my, my, my manager, he's very, he's, he's amazing in that sense where he just kind of gives me stuff. And then I walk away, he gives me a deadline and I come back on the deadline with it completed. He doesn't care how I do it. He doesn't care whose, whose feathers I had to ruffle to get it done. He doesn't care. He just cares that it's done. And that's how I kind of operate, right? So when I try to empower the people that I'm around, whether that's in a corporate setting or in an extracurricular sense, like clubhouse or the clubs that I'm in or whatever the case is, is this, these, this is the task list of stuff that needs to get done. We need guest registrations. We need this done. We need, um, you know, uh, scheduling. We need invitation. What do you want to do? And you kind of just cultivate this team of people who want to be there to serve the one main purpose because you're leading them in that direction. And of course, because I've been rambling, I completely forgot the question, but that's where my mind, <laughs> that's where my mind went is that it's, it's about, 
can you repeat the question? I, well, I, sorry. No, no. I, I feel like you're really on target, but it's more so like if somebody was interesting, is interested in like pursuing the same career path that you're in. Yes, like, that's correct. Yeah. See, I completely, I completely went off base there. Okay. So if, if I had any suggestions for people who are kind of getting into this career path is where I was trying to get to before is do things. Um, make an impact, go into a job expecting to make a difference. Because if you just sit there idly, nothing's going to happen. You're going to be pissed. You're not going to be want one. You're not going to be motivated. You're not going to want to be there. And then the employer suffers, right? So for anybody looking to get into a creative, uh, creative um, digital marketing or marketing or graphic design or proposal writing or business development, anything in that sense, just go in there and make an impact. People are starving for that, whether that's in the corporate world or whether that's in the freelance world or extracurricular clubs world, doesn't matter. They want something to happen. So be that person to make it happen. And so that's, that's, that would be my advice to someone kind of starting off is make connections, of course, network, but make an impact, make a difference for people to notice. Preach, George, preach. <laughs> I eventually oh got there. Okay, I went on a little bit of a tangent. <laughs> hey, as long as the point gets across, uh, like I am all ears, honestly. And lastly, um, what are some things that sound like compliments but are actually insults? Oh. Oh, I'm probably not the best person for this because I am so like, I, I think people coin the phrase toxically positive or toxic positivity. And I am like, I am the definition of toxic positive. I'm always like, doesn't matter. Everything's going to be great. Um, it's, it's funny because my mind went straight to this one time where my mom, it was my grade eight graduation and I had not won as many awards as my mom wanted me to win. Um, even though, you know, we have to share the wealth. We're, we're eight, we're in grade eight. So what, I don't know, 12 years old, 10 years old, whatever you are in grade eight. And, um, I won a couple of awards, but not as many as my mom wanted me to. And she said, uh, what did she say? She said, good. It's good that you won awards, but you should have won more. And then when I confronted her a couple of years ago, like a couple years after that about it, she's like, no, no, I meant it like in a positive way, like congratulations on your award. And I was like, that's not what you said, though. Like you said, congratulations on your award. And then you followed it up with, but you should have done a better job. It, like, it, that's not achieving the purpose that you think it's achieving. So now instead of complimenting me in a regular way, you've now traumatized me and I should bill you for my therapy session that's happening in 15 minutes, right? So, so like, it's, it's just, it's insane. So the, the amount of times where people actually think that they are giving someone a compliment, but they're really doing some damage in the way that they're kind of expressing themselves or the way that they're delivering that message. So it's, yeah, it's, it's funny. My mind went straight there when you asked that question. I don't know. <laughs> no, but it's all good. Cause like, <laughs> I mean, I can also tell you some stories about like my mother also saying the same thing, but like, I think it's in almost every single like opinion or like comment or compliment that she wants to give. There's always a but afterwards. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and that but just ruins everything that came before it. So there's no point. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it, like, and it's funny because, like, sometimes there'll be a pause, like, when she's giving the compliment or the comment. Yep. And I'm like, but what? And she's like, 
no, there's no butt. And I was like, are you sure? Like, you, I'm already, like, here frustrated and annoyed that there's probably a butt, but you don't want to say it. Yeah. And it traumatizes you in other, other situations as well, because, you know, people will pay me compliments in my daily life, but I don't believe them. I'm like, oh, there must be a negative attached to this because that's how I grew up. Everything had, had a negative to it. So, so someone would be like, oh, I, I like your hair or not my hair, obviously, because I'm bald, but like, or I like your cut or whatever. I'd be like, oh, thanks. And I'd be like, oh, they're probably making fun of me. Did I miss a spot? And I, you know, and they start to get into your head because you, you can't just accept the compliment because growing up, it came with a negative. <laughs> Oh my god, I relate to that to a T. I feel like a socially awkward turtle when I receive uh, <laughs> when I receive compliments, and like sometimes it's like I really have to tell myself, Anna, that was a compliment. Be happy. Like this is not your mom talking to you. Happy <laughs> yeah, to just say thank you and move on. It's something that I'm learning nowadays. <laughs> yeah, literally. Again, George, like this has been an amazing conversation and I am really, really glad and grateful that this has been able to like come into fruition. And is there like a closing remark that you would like to leave um, the audience thinking about in terms of like the talking about or being transparent about our mental health journeys? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's very important for us to just really take a step back sometimes, be with ourselves, and really reflect on the way that we feel. Because a lot of times we can find clarity in that. And when you think about the root cause of your struggles and why you're going through what you're going through, it makes it really easy to identify how you're going to fix it. And so you can really create a roadmap for how you're going to get to a better place mentally. And if you can't, please, please, please ask for help. There is no shame in asking for help. I would rather, um, like I tell people, my DMs are always open. Anybody's having a bad day, please just send me a DM. I may not get to it right away, but I will, as best as I can, reach out and just remind you that what you're going through is just that, what you're going through. There's so much more to it, and there's so much more out there. And um, and so, yeah, so that, that would be my messaging. And I just want to thank you, uh, Anna, for, for always being so supportive of our spaces on Clubhouse and for joining us. And I'm so thrilled and honored to watch you succeed and and watch you do everything that you're doing i think that you're doing amazing work and it's so uh, it's just nice and refreshing to to see your journey and and watch you just grow into this amazing amazing woman so so congratulations and i'm so thankful to be here with you oh my god george thank you <laughs> i feel like after this i'm gonna like literally sit in a corner and cry <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll join you because I think I, I need a good cry these days. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> no, but again, to everyone that has um, listened to this, you know, y'all heard it from George. Like, it's okay not to be okay. And, you know, again, like his DMs are a safe space. You know, my DMs are also a safe space. And, you know, we're we're all in it together. And again, to be really considerate of your time, thank you so much, George. I really do appreciate it, and we'll be in touch. Thank you very much, and we'll be in touch for sure. Thank you so much for this. You're welcome. Have a good day.
That was such an enlightening conversation. And I really hope that you all feel inspired. And I think the word inspired really is the only word I can come up with right now because I'm just like incredibly speechless. But to hear George's um, journey and at the same time be able to like get to know him well and you know understand his perspective and understand like his craft and you know again guys his instagram is at fired up creators i really recommend you guys checking it out because oh my god he is so creative and he is like really applied into his work and I am, I, I feel confident that his work can transform lives and he's making an impact. I, I believe it 100%. And I, <laughs> I feel like I can't stop smiling because this has been quite an empowering inspiring yet very gratifying of an episode to be reminded of who we are that our feelings do matter and as you know I hear it in my therapy that any thoughts opinions they're not facts and what we tell ourselves you know we have to be we have to really be kind to ourselves too so again thank you so much for tuning in and if you want if you want to ask a question on a future episode of my two cents sense and change you know you can just click on the the link in the show notes either to record your question or to perhaps send me a message or an email and also, please don't forget to follow My Two Cents on social media and be sure to check out My Two Cents' website uh, to stay updated on our future guests and as well as background on our past guests list. And, you know, you can also like watch and hear recordings of these interviews. So to conclude, I leave you with this thought. So always remember that we have the possibility to spark sense and inspire change within ourselves and in our community. Until next time. See ya. 